time. Lock up. Thomas? What's he talking about? I don't know. I got a headache. It's killing me. Yeah? So let me crack your neck. It'll help it. No, it's no good. You got any of them brown pills? Come on, I'll crack your neck. Loosen up those nerves. Always helps me. Yeah? Yeah, here, let me show you. Come on, turn around. Take it easy. Now, just relax. Let yourself go. Yeah. I'm going to get my hands around the back of your neck. Come on, relax. Yeah, well, this won't hurt you. All right. You got to be careful with this stuff. You could break a guy's neck, you know? Take it easy, huh? What's the matter? Come on, relax. All right. Let me get a better grip on your neck. Take it easy, huh? All right, now. Yeah. All right, Stuart, how's that? That's not bad. Feels a little better. That works okay. Sure. Hey, I noticed you had a visitor today. One of the boys in the East? No. A friend of mine out here. He just got in town. The coppers are trying to pin a killing on him. No? Who is he? Max Wesley. He's a good man. Tried to say he pulled the job down in San Pedro. Pedro, huh? What kind of job? Stick up. Drugstore a couple months ago. Yeah? That's what they got me on, you know? It's funny. Well, I think I'll get some shut-eye. What about this job they're trying to hang on him, you tell you? I don't remember. The guy who ran the store was shot up and died. Max wasn't even in town when it happened. Happened in May? Last May? I don't know. See you in the morning. Yeah. Hard bed. They didn't have nothing on Max, huh? They let him go. Well, that's yet he's out on bail. No, I mean... No evidence on him. No gun, huh? Well, he got a gun. I think that's what Max said. Where'd they find it, he say? I don't know where they found it. Go to sleep, will you? He mentioned anything else about Pedro, like San Pedro Hills? Yeah. I remember that's where they found it. I think Max said that. Oh. That couldn't be. It wasn't the Harbor Drugstore, was it? What's he doing anyway? Will you go to sleep? Look, Ramos. Ramos, I gotta know. It's important. What are you talking about? I gotta get some sleep. Will you listen a minute? I ditched a gun down there in the San Pedro Hills. All right, what are you worrying about? They don't send you up for hiding guns. Listen, I'm hot on that job. They got me on one murder rap. If they tag me on another one, it's for keeps. What do you want me to do? Talk to the governor? Are you sure this guy, Max, said that they found a gun? Now, look, Carver. Max said they found a gun in the San Pedro Hills. Now, you get on down in your bunk and let's talk about it in the morning, what, huh? What, what kind? Did he say what kind? I don't know. I don't remember. Was it a forty-five? Something like that. Yeah, forty-five. I guess that was it. I get... Listen. Got that jailer barking down here. Quiet down in there. All right. You go to sleep now? I can't be. It's not the same one. They couldn't have found it. They haven't talked to me. Ramos. Hmm? When did they find the gun? Did Max tell you that? Oh. When did they find the gun? Where? Hmm? I don't know. He didn't say where? San Pedro Hills. Ramos, I gotta know. It wasn't by a covert, was it? On the hill road? I don't know. I'll ask Max the next time I see him. Is that where you ditched yours? They, they couldn't have found it. Nobody could have. Uh, we, this covert, see, back on the road. Yeah. There was a piece of cement broken off the bottom edge of the covert, kind of a hollowed-out space inside. I pushed the dirt all around it. You've got to ask Max. Hmm. 
him where they found that gun. Yeah, I'll see him Wednesday. I'll ask him. You gotta find out. They can put me away for good. What are you worrying about? They haven't paired you up yet with the gun they found. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Maybe they didn't figure it. Maybe they forgot. Maybe. Yeah. Cops are dumb. They forget. That's what everybody says, isn't it? Yeah. That's what everybody says. The story you have just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On September 18th, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 91, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. It's amazing how many long cigarette smokers are changing to Fatima. Here is the actual report. From coast to coast, king-size Fatima has more than doubled its smokers. Yes, more and more smokers every day are discovering that Fatima is the best of all long cigarettes. Long cigarette smokers find Fatima has a much different, much better flavor and aroma. Long cigarette smokers find that Fatima is extra mild because it's the long cigarette which contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos superbly blended to make it extra mild. So enjoy extra mild Fatima. Best of all long cigarettes. It's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima. It's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima. The murder gun, a 45 caliber automatic pistol, was recovered from the San Pedro Hills and Jacob John Carver was brought to trial. He was tried and convicted of murder in the first degree. The jury again refused to recommend the death penalty. Carva is now serving a life term in the state penitentiary without possibility of parole. You have just heard Dragnet, authentic cases from official files. Technical advice for Dragnet comes from the office of Chief of Police, W.A. Wharton, Los Angeles Police Department. Dragnet wishes to thank the editors of Radio Best magazine for their considerate appraisal of this program. For those of you who may be interested, a novelized version of Dragnet appears in the April issue of Radio Best. Fatima Cigarettes, the best of all long cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet from Los Angeles. Tomorrow, hear Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman in the Halls of Ivy on NBC. Thanks for helping me with my fear of Zeus. I told you there is nothing to worry about. It's kind of nice. Peaceful. Yes, it is. Let's go over to the monkey cage and watch them fling their poo. Monkeys! No! Monkeys! But they're so cute. No! Monkeys! You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Same great station. New great name. Is made possible by grants from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the National Endowment for the Arts.
series of contemporary plays for radio.
Lord lean on a pickle, still I learn how to smile. You see, the Lord gives me grace, and the devil gives me style. He said, boy, you better start out like you can hold out the
to you. This is The Bee, and you're tuned to Mutiny Radio. It's Saturday morning. Between 10 and 12 every Saturday, we bring you our labor magazine. name of the show is Labor and Love, and we're located here at 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida in San Francisco's Mission District. Labor and Love is the show where we tell you like it is. More about that later. Remember, you gotta serve somebody. Thanks. 
was of course Bob Dylan you got to serve somebody in your life you will often come into situations where you can serve one side or the other let's call them capital and labor by the choices you make you will help in the sum capital or in the sum you will help labor you will help make the world a better place or will help make the world a place where billionaires can make better money. Uh, this is Labor and Love, and I'm the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. So today we celebrate a great American composer, Willie Dixon, but more about that later. Born July 1st. 1914, I want to say. And we're also going to hear from this gentleman. Mm-hmm. 
Lots of folks back east, they say, is leaving home every day. Beating the hot old dusty way to the California line. Across the desert sands they roll, getting out of that old dust bowl. They think they're going to a sugar bowl, but here's what they find. Now the police at the port of entry say, You're number 14,000 for today. Oh, if you ain't got the do-re-mi, folks, You ain't got the do-re-mi. Why, you better go back to beautiful Texas. Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee. California is a garden of Eden. A paradise to live in or see. But believe it or not, you won't find it so hot if you ain't got the do-re-mi. Buy you a home or farm that can't deal nobody harm Or take your vacation by the mountains or sea Don't swap your old cow for a car You better stay right where you are You better take this little tip from me Cause I look through the want ads every day But the headlines on the papers always say If you ain't got the do-re-me boys you ain't got the do-re-me Why, you better go back to beautiful Texas Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee California is a garden of Eden A paradise to live in or see But believe it or not, you won't find it so hot If you ain't got the do-re-me If you ain't got the do re me, and that was uh, Woody Guthrie, whose birthday we also celebrate in July. Uh, Guthrie was one of the real uh, giants of American music, not in the sense of a, a star and a celebrity, more in the sense of like a worker's performer or someone who was a worker himself and, and performed. Uh, see what else we got. Well, let's stop that. This is Labor and Love. My name's Bill Morgan, a.k.a. The Bee. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Welcome to your weekly labor magazine, news, opinion, and commentary, as well as interesting interviews by, for, and about working people. So we celebrate the life of a great blues master. I'm a blues guy myself. And you can't really get a, a cl 
clearer, more concise textbook on the blues. Uh, from this man. I am the blues Willie Dixon. And then we're going to have a, a version of one of his songs by uh, Coco Taylor. And then we'll talk about his uh, anti-war songs. A couple of... Anyway, Willie Dixon. Before I was born, you got a boy child coming. Gonna be a son of a gun. Gonna make these pretty women jump and shout. And the world will wanna know what it's all about, you know. Yeah. Everybody knows I'm here.
before I was born. Got a boy child coming. Gonna be a son of a gun. Gonna make these winning women jump and shout. The world wanna know what it's all about. You know I'm here. Okay, Labor and Love here. And uh, we're talking about the late, great Willie Dixon. Uh, Dixon was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi on July the 1st, 1915. Hence our celebration. We're a little late, but quite as sincere as otherwise. Uh, Willie Dixon, if, if you're not familiar with him, quick primer. Willie Dixon was um, a bass guitar player who went to, came from the South to Chicago and briefly worked as Joe Lewis's sparring partner, but that was interesting. Um, started a blues band in Chicago called The Five Breezes. And uh, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, this is great. Well, okay, Willie Dixon, uh, that's wonderful. Uh, Willie Dixon was a great musician. Uh, he was a blues guy. Um, born July 1st. Okay, that's stretching it. Well, Willie Dixon was more than that. W Willie Dixon was a conscientious objector in World War II. He objected to military service in World War II. Served 10 months, came out of prison and established himself as kind of a studio musician in, um, with chess records. Gradually began to write songs for their singers. Guys like Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, uh, Buddy Guy, Otis Rush, if you need to go see the movie Cadillac Records, where uh, Willie Dixon is played by Ode, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Um, let's see, what else can we say about Willie Dixon? Um, songs like classics, Little Red Rooster, Spoonful, uh, the one we just we just played Hoochie Coochie Man what Dixon did was kind of mold the figure of Muddy Waters into this big bad guy with a diamond ring you know and a, a bright suit and you know his hair all straightened and uh, And so he wrote several songs. Little Red Rooster is one. Hoochie Coochie Man, Seventh Hour, the Seventh, the Seventh Sun. And this one, give me a second here. 
This one sung by the inimitable Coco Taylor.
Coco Taylor with uh, Muddy Waters, um, Willie Dixon's Wang Dang Doodle. That doesn't send chills up your spine. I don't know what will. Some of the people uh, Willie Dixon worked with, Chuck Berry, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Otis Rush, Bo Diddley, Joe Lewis Walker, Little Walter, Sonny Boy Williamson, Coco Taylor, Little Milton, Eddie Boyd, Jimmy Witherspoon, the list goes on and on. Lowell Fulsom. The Rolling Stones uh, recorded his song, Little Red Rooster, and it went to number one in 1964. Um, the list of the songs that he that he um, composed would just take up a long, a long, long time. Um, let's listen to the win. We'll still hear some more from uh, Willie Dixon, but uh, let's see what's happening in the world of labor. And um, when we can review. Workers Independent News, we can review. I'm Doug Cunningham. The Association of Flight Attendants, CWA, picketed United Airlines in a system-wide day of action Thursday as the union pushes for a fair labor contract. Dante Harris is president of AFA, CWA, Council 12 in Los Angeles. He says workers have tried for two years to reach a new labor contract with the merged United Airlines. It's been too long that United has had to wait to finish this merger and negotiate a contract for flight attendants. And now they're reporting record profits, but not fairly negotiating with the flight attendants. And flight attendants are out picketing around the world, and we won't stop until we get a contract that we can ratify. The Flight Attendants Union says United's projected profits for 2015 to 2017 are $5 billion or more per year. United has $7 billion in cash reserves, according to the union, plenty of economic power to afford a decent contract for its workers. Wisconsin's right-wing majority Supreme Court Thursday stopped a criminal investigation into illegal campaign coordination between Scott Walker's recall campaign and several right-wing political groups. Right-wing Wisconsin Supreme Court justices who got millions of dollars in campaign contributions from these right-wing groups ruled in their favor. Prosecutors may appeal this Wisconsin Supreme Court ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court, alleging conflict of interest in the justices who got the millions of dollars from the right-wing groups, but nonetheless refused to recuse themselves. UAW President Dennis Williams kicked off labor contract talks with the Detroit Three Monday. He says the union's goal is for GM to prosper, for shareholders and consumers to win, and for all UAW members to share in the prosperity of their achievements. Williams spoke of the need to bridge the gap for entry-level and legacy employees at the Detroit Three. GM, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler made a combined total of roughly $6.7 billion net income profits in 2014. The United Steelworkers, meanwhile, resumed steel industry bargaining this week in Pittsburgh. The American Federation of Teachers has endorsed Hillary Clinton for president, the first national union to endorse. In her keynote speech at the union's National Teach Conference, American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten urged teachers to raise their collective voices in their schools, in their communities, and in their state houses. When public education is demonized and denigrated, raise your voice. When corporate-backed politicians starve our schools and 
and sell them off. Raise your voice. When they try to pin the blame on teachers, raise your voice. When growing income inequality and wage stagnation threaten the ability of people to climb the ladder of opportunity, raise your voice. Collective voice is power. So let's get out there and raise our voices and raise hell. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, that was uh, Workers Independent Network. Randy Weingarten with a ringing uh, admonition to her membership, at least the people who were sitting there listening to her. Raise your voice. She is, however, bankrolled by some of the very charter school companies and test companies that she sometimes rails against. As for her endorsement of Clinton, uh, I think it would have been much more natural to uh, endorse Sanders or just tell members to choose between them among themselves. Okay, win labor report. Let's listen to Willie Willie Dixon and his um, two anti-war songs. And this one is uh, 1984. It don't make sense if you can't make peace. Here we go. Oh, the program. It requires a lot of different facts of life that we must know about. And when you think about the various nations of the earth, the various religions of the earth, the various nationalities, the various people all over the world, have been able to make anything that we want to make and do anything we want to do. Have created miracles. But it don't make sense when we can't make peace. You know, you made everything else. Wise men, great men from every nation in the world, all the countries in the world, have all kinds of conventions and festivals. Spend all the money. Suppose you had to spend half as much money on trying to make peace as you have been making war. We wouldn't have to worry about nothing. But it don't make sense. It don't make sense. It don't make sense when you can't make peace.
the plan with the man's eye. You even made submarine stay so much for weeks. Dixon with his anti-war song. Sorry, you got to call it what it is. It don't make sense if you can't make peace. Now this one is a phrase used by Martin Luther King when he decided to extend his uh, campaign for civil rights to an anti-war movement asserting that every dollar spent in Vietnam was a dollar taken away from people in the U.S. who needed it, who were going hungry and homeless like they are now. King stood up and began his sermon with this phrase. 
I ain't gonna study war no more. And he was uh, referencing work by, you guessed it, Willie Dixon.
Okay, Willie Dixon there with his two anti-war songs. The one you just heard was uh, Study War No More. Ain't gonna study war no more. Used later by M.L. King when he decided to include the Vietnam War in his campaign is for a better world. And uh, before that, was it don't make sense if you can't make peace. Wonderful, very simple kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word minimal, but it don't make sense if you can't make peace. Beautiful use of uh, rhetoric. Let's listen to some world news now. This is from the Radio Labor World Report. Solidarity News on Radio Labor. With a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, July 17th, 2015, I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, the UK government launches the biggest attack on unions in 30 years. The labor movement calls Amazon's 20-year anniversary a day of shame. South Africa's central labor organization survives a difficult convention. And our Labor Start correspondent reports on union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. The right-wing conservative government in Britain has embarked on an attack against worker rights which has been described as the biggest crackdown on unions in 30 years. Legislation introduced this week will change the current rules related to strikes, picket lines, and replacement workers known in the labor movement as scabs. Under the current rules, unions wanting to start a strike need a majority of the workers who participate in a union-organized strike ballot. Under the new rules, the union would have to have at least 50% of its whole membership participating in the vote, and then get a majority of the people who voted. In the case of public services declared essential, the union would have to get approval from at least 40% of the whole membership, including those who don't bother to vote. The new legislation would also allow employers to use temporary agency staff during strikes. In other words, be able to replace the striking workers. The number of workers walking a picket line may also be limited to seven people. I talked to Nicola Smith, the head of the Economic and Social Affairs Department of the British Trades Union Congress, the TUC. I asked her why the government was introducing this new legislation now. Well, we can only think that they further want to reduce the rights of people at work across the labour market. There's not an industrial relations problem in the UK. We have less than a tenth of the industrial action levels that we had in the 1980s. And strikes are always a last resort for people at work who, of course, lose a day's pay if they undertake industrial action. So I think it's very hard to understand why the government would want to shift the balance so far away from the workforce, because in our our view it isn't the right recipe for the productive workplaces that the UK desperately needs at the moment. How will the TUC and its affiliated unions confront this attack on, on labour union rights? Well, we're going to be lobbying very hard to try and prevent these regulations making their way onto the UK statute book. And we're going to be making strong public arguments, setting out the full range of proposals that the government are bringing forward and showing how far 
these plans will tilt the balance away from people at work and towards employers in a way that is simply not conducive to good workplace practice or good industrial relations. We don't want to see large numbers of strikes in the UK. Everybody wants better labour relations and good relations between workers and their employers. But this package of regulations isn't the way to achieve that outcome. You can hear an extended version of my interview with Ms. Smith of the TUC on the Radio Labor website. The online retailer Amazon is telling the world what a remarkably successful company it is. However, unions representing Amazon's workers say there's a different side to the story. Radio Labor's senior correspondent Seamarie Ainsborough has a report. Amazon, the world's largest online retailer, celebrated its 20th birthday on Wednesday, July 15th, by highlighting its commercial success story. But for many Amazon employees, the company's history is more about poor pay and horrendous working conditions. Workers are falling sick because of practices such as work speed up in the company's warehouses. These warehouses are called fulfillment centers. The people who work in these fulfillment centers are not called workers. Amazon calls them fulfillment associates. Unions such as Germany's Verdi Union have been fighting back They've been supported at the world level by the global union federation, UNI. Philip Jennings is UNI's general secretary. On July the 15th, Amazon is organizing an extravaganza to celebrate its 20th anniversary. On this day, I recall the words of Jeff Bezos, the CEO, who said, you win a reputation by doing the hard things well. Well, to my mind, they're winning a reputation for doing the wrong things well. What do I mean? I mean poor working conditions, I mean poor wages, I mean denying the rights to German workers to have union representation and collective bargaining rights. This is not doing things well. Uni represents more than 20 million workers from over 900 labor unions around the world. Its members work in a wide range of sectors, including office cleaning, security, finance and retail stores. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. In South Africa, the country's central labour federation, COSATU, has survived a contentious special congress. It did so by sticking to issues of importance to workers in the country, but also by refusing to discuss the expulsion of a large affiliated union and its former general secretary, Zuelanzima Vavi. 2,500 delegates attended the special COSATO Congress held July 13th and 14th. They ended the meeting with a show of unity by adopting a declaration focused on the issues facing workers in South Africa and around the world. The declaration was presented by COSATO's acting general secretary, Bacon Cha and Charlie. Neoliberal regimes of accumulation has failed to resolve the systemic crisis of capitalism. It has attempted to restore profitability through the destruction of the welfare state, cuts in real wages, intensification of work periods, deregulation and increase of the working hours, deregulation of labor relations, widespread casual labor, particularly among the women and the young workers, Super-exploitation of migrant workers. Increased retirement age. Cuts in pension fund and retirement benefits. Increase in unemployment rates. Recreation of social and labor rights. The denial of rights to back and collectively 
and to strike. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,000 stories that our volunteers have collected since our last report. Last week, our top story section included links to news about the effects on workers of the Greek debt deal, including spontaneous strikes, the growing global mobilization to demand freedom for an Iranian teachers union leader, and the anti-celebrations unions have been holding to mark Amazon's 20th anniversary. We also had coverage here of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are some highlights. American electronics makers and grocery retail workers are on strike over wages. Baggage handlers in Spain walked in a wage dispute with Ryanair. Venezuelan brewery workers were ordered to end their strike and proceed to arbitration by the country's labor ministry. South African farm workers stopped work to protest their terrible working conditions. Zambian copper miners walked off the job to demand equal pay for equal work. Indian waste collection workers continued their wage dispute while tea plantation workers entered the second week of a costly go-slow action as they pressed for a wage of $3 per day, more than twice their current rate of pay. Public transport workers struck the Lisbon metro to protest privatization plans. Italian employees of IKEA struck for a day in a wage dispute. Irrigation system workers in Pakistan spent a day protesting harassment by managers. And university workers in Nigeria stopped work after 13 months with no pay. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the violence experienced by domestic workers in India, an increase to the minimum wage for domestic workers in Kenya, and the growing proportion of Canadian women who are retiring into poverty. Our health and safety newswire carried stories about the importation of asbestos into Australia, construction deaths in Cambodia, and a safety campaign started by the Miners Union in Burma. This week, Labor Start is running five online actions. All these campaigns are requested by and sponsored by unions around the world. Join us in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. You can stay up to date with Radio Labor's newscasts and special programs by following us on Twitter, at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you. Radio Labor, labor news from around the world, all over the world and throughout history. Working people have organized to make their futures better. That was just a sampling of what's going on all over the world. And we're going to get to what happened uh, in labor history on this date. But first, here's a PSA. The ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out aclunc.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. 
The Muscular Dystrophy Association is the world's leading nonprofit health agency dedicated to finding treatments and cures for muscular dystrophy, a mitotrophic lateral sclerosis, and other neuromuscular diseases. They do so by funding worldwide research, providing comprehensive healthcare services and support to MDA families nationwide, and by rallying communities to fight back through advocacy, fundraising, and local engagement. It's special work powered by special people who give generously. Visit mda.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> West Oakland community to meet the immediate and basic need for food security by growing healthy organic fruits and vegetables in urban farms and backyard gardens. They seek to service all residents of West Oakland, especially those who have the least access to fresh affordable food. City Slicker Farms demonstrates the viability of a local food production system. They serve as community spaces, empowering children and adults who want to learn about the connections between the ecology, farming, and the urban environment. They give the citizens of West Oakland tools for self-reliance. For more information, visit cityslickerfarms.org. This public service announcement brought to you by your friends at Mutant Radio. our PSAs such as they are every week it seems they're arranged in a different way we're talking about Woody Guthrie Guthrie was born in Oklahoma and uh, raised by dirt poor parents uh, he suspected that his father was a member of the Ku Klux Klan and involved in a couple of prominent hangings in the Oklahoma area um, Woody himself was left on his own, raised by his older brother from the time he was 12 or... Uh... Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Guthrie also um, left home, had a guitar. Famously, uh, he was taught to play the guitar by a... Uh, black shoeshine guy. He later said that he learned to play guitar and harp from another musician. Basically, what he did was go around to labor camps. And at that time in the 1930s, there were a lot of people coming from the Midwest who had lost their farms in what was called the Dust Bowl and the bank repossessions and he wrote about their lives here's one called pastures of plenty and then followed by pretty boy floyd about losing your farm to a bank 
Beside him in his wagon as into town they rode. There a deputy sheriff approached him in a manner rather rude. Vulgar words of anger and his wife she overheard. Pretty boy grabbed a log chain and the deputy grabbed his gun. In the fight that followed, he laid that deputy down. Then he took to the trees and timber to live a life of shame. Every crime in Oklahoma was added to his name. But a many a starving farmer the same old story told How the outlaw paid their mortgage and saved their little homes Others tell you about a stranger that come to beg a meal Underneath his napkin left a thousand dollar bill It 
It was in Oklahoma City It was on a Christmas day There was a whole carload of groceries Come with a note to say Well, you say that I'm an outlaw You say that I'm a thief Here's a Christmas dinner For the families on relief Guess it's through this world I've wandered I've seen lots of funny men Some will rob you with a six-gun And some with a fountain pen And as through your life you travel Yes, it's through your life you roam You won't never see an outlaw Drive a family from their home We had Pastures of Plenty there by Woody Guthrie singing about the life of uh, migrant farm workers in the 1930s. And the last song was Pretty Boy Floyd, an outlaw ballad. And with the uh, infamous line, the beautiful line, some will rob you with a six gun, some with a fountain pen. Woody Guthrie uh, eventually ended up in New York uh, playing um, on a radio program called Back Where I Come From. Got a spot on the show for his buddy, Hughie Ledbetter. And Ledbetter's apartment was a gathering place for left-wing musicians. Man, he met Pete Seeger in 1940 and uh, ended up with a, a disease called uh, Hutchinson's disease and which gradually tightened the the muscles in his hand and um Guthrie was largely alone except for family because the progression of Huntington's, it was difficult to be around. Common symptoms include uncharacteristic aggression, volat emotional volatility, and social disinhibition. So uh, Guthrie died of Huntington's disease. Fathered Arlo Guthrie, he was married three times. And uh, we pay tribute to him today. He, uh, he sort of was the founder of the modern folk m movement, but also uh, the movement of, of playing music for, of social significance. He was, in the words of one guy, um, not a political writer, but a writer who lived in political times. Not sure what that means. It's July, so we celebrate the great 
general strike in San Francisco, I mean, when I say great, I mean it was all-encompassing. The city was shut down for several days because during a labor parade, during a labor um, demonstration, workers trying to block the shipping companies from bringing scabs in to do their work. Two workers were shot. And the next day, Black Friday, labor, the labor movement showed its solidarity and walked down Market Street, thousands, tens of thousands strong. The great San Francisco strike, from wharf rats to lords of the docks. Step by step, the longest march can be won. Many stones can form an arch, singly none And by union what we will can be accomplished still Drops of water turn a mill, singly none My Irish Catholic mother, she was always writing home to Dublin. And she had a large hand, so the address took up most of the envelope. Well, she sent me off to the post office, I was about seven, and I always had to buy penny stamps. So I had to stick stamps all over the front of the envelope, turn it over, stick them all over the back to make up the postage. One day I went home, I said, Mama, why can't I buy shilling stamps? And she said, never because the shilling stamp has a picture of the King of England on it and no son of mine is going to lick the other side. started pushing us back to the intersection of Mission and Stewart Streets just off the waterfront when the police car arrived and shots were fired. Two men lay dead. Scrap iron, crude oil bound for Japan, we refused to load it. Didn't like the way they were bombing those cities in China and we figured it just might come back at us one day. Same way as we refused to load some German ships because of Hitler and some Italian ships when Mussolini invaded Ethiopia. An injury to one is an injury to all. And I'll tell you something else. 
interfere in the foreign policy of our country? Sure as hell. That's our job, that's our right, that's our privilege, that's our duty. Foreign policy is too damned important to be left to the striped pants set in Washington, D.C. I said then that if all the jobs on the dock were to disappear, if they were to dwindle away and all that was left was just two jobs, just two, and I had my way, I'd make damn sure that one of them went to a black worker. And And here's the thing. See, I have every right to be prejudiced because I was brought up in a racist country. I was taught that white people are superior. But I learned better, see? My dear judge, if Harry Bridges is deported, he is more than likely to organise the whole British Empire against us. <laughs> he is a dangerous man and should be kept where we can watch him. Our very good friends of the British domain have more than their fair share of troubles already. Patriotically yours, signed, I see clearly. <laughs> anyway, Carol King, she could write a letter herself. Listen to this. All I have to say is that you are a bastard. <laughs> and the next time you behave like this, I will murder you in cold blood. Well, for that, they threw me back in jail, which I did not like, not one bit. Although while I was there, I did read 12 books, I put on 15 pounds, and I organised the guards into the Teamsters. <laughs>
Okay, we had some woody gussery there. We had uh, pastures of plenty, and then uh, pretty boy Floyd, and then we had from wharf rats to lords of the docks, sort of a brief story about the life of um, Harry Bridges and the general strike in San Francisco, July 1934. That and um, the Teamsters strike in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. Uh, key moments for the labor movement. From wharf rats to lords of the dock, sort of we, we need to look back and see where that energy came from. And what it came from was people who were desperate. And those desperate people, it seems, became comfortable. They're not desperate anymore. The labor movement will always come from people who are desperate, from people who are up against it, people who have less to lose. Okay, we don't not want to... Fr oh, okay, and the last one was Billy Bragg, Woody Guth Guthrie's wife gave him a, a whole bunch of uh, unfinished songs and lyrics and things that Guthrie was working on. And uh, Billy Bragg recorded an album called Mermaid Avenue. There might be another album as well. well this one is called Christ for President. Who's Christ? <laughs> There have been several. In terms of the worldwide movement for justice, July 14th is a holiday, a day of celebration for all working people. Because this is the day that in 1789, where the old order was directly challenged and overthrown by people from below. Uh, this was the day that crowds in Paris broke into the Bastille, and it was a symbolic action. There weren't but one or two people in the Bastille. But it was one of the most feared uh, prisons for political prisoners of its time. So again, it was symbolic and sort of the official beginning of the French Revolution. And the song that sort of fueled that revolution is what is now the, the national anthem of France, La Marseillaise, written by a soldier on his way to fight with the new volunteer army against uh, Euro European powers. And we are privileged to have a version of La Marseillaise sung by Ms. Edith Piaf.
That was uh, Edith Piaf singing the national anthem of France, the Marseillaise. Just thought before we go on with that, I, I'd like to tell, tell you what it means. Allons, come on, children of the fatherland, the day of glory has arrived. This is a clarion call to all oppressed peoples. Soldiers come right to our arms and slit the throats of our sons and our friends. Grab your weapons, citizens. Form your battalions. Let us march. Let us march until their impure blood waters our fields. This horde of slaves, traitor, traitors, plotting kings, what do they want? For whom did they make these shackles and these irons long prepared? Frenchmen for us. They dare to consider returning us to the ancient slavery. In other words, about working people. Interesting. Uh, an international call. Two arms. I had occasion this week to read the opinion of a Canadian guy. Five reasons why we should not prohibit the flying of the Confederate flag. Uh, if you wanted to hear some specious reasoning, that would be the place to do it. One of his reasons is that there is no country built on slavery because everything was destroyed in the Civil War and everything had to be built from the bottom. Now some, somehow he forgot to consider that that slavery, that 400 years, whether or not it produced anything lasting, was the work of slaves. 400 years.
400 years. What? Are 400 years nothing? What? Are the 400 years nothing? Today in labor history, July 13th, Southern Tenant Farmers Union organized in Tyrunza, Arkansas, briefly an alliance between white and black farmers. Detroit newspaper workers begin 19-month strike against Gannett. The strike would become a lockout, which lasted four years more. That was in 1995. The Great Nationwide Strike, Railroad Strike, oh, a.k.a. the Great Upheaval. After railroad workers are hit with their second pay cut in a year, a riot, a strike riot spread through 17 states. This week, federal troops were called out to force an end to the strike. And all over the cities, big cities of the U.S., there blossomed these big fortresses uh, actually built to store arms in case of a general uprising, a labor uprising. The armory, okay, in towns all over the U.S., the National Guard armory. I always wonder, what was that about? Why did they have thought? Well, it was to put down Labor, labor actions that turned violent. It was to keep workers from protesting. So typically the people who would be armed would be scabs. Scabs and goons hired by the companies and the National Guard, yeah. This day in 19... 34, as we said, the Longshoremen Strike in San Francisco. July 17th in 1944, the explosion of a Navy ship killing 322 people, including 202 African-Americans assigned by the Navy to handle explosives. Boy, I guess they pulled the best duty there, huh? resulting refusal of 258 African-Americans to return to the dangerous work underpinned the trial and conviction of the 50 men in what is called the Port Chicago Mutiny. That was uh, from the Union Communication Services. This day in labor history is about the strike of the United Steelworkers of America beginning July 15, 1959. It showed the height of the worker power in American labor history on the shop floor and through the contract. It also demonstrated how government could still bust strikes, would still bust strikes when it could. This was the end of the peak in American labor history as steelworkers were forced to go back to work for less than what they asked for. 
the American steel industry did not reverse its long, slow decline. Ultimately, uh, the workers got some of the things they were asking for. Remember, when you step out of line, when you stand up and make yourself heard and seen, you are not alone. In a matter, as a matter of fact, if you don't stand up, you'll be counted for sitting down. You got to serve somebody. Look around you. There's a world to win. Everywhere, in every time, workers have struggled to make their lives better. Okay. Looking here to see what we can play. It's about 11.40. Here's a nice version of Masters of War by the Burger Folk. War is the biggest lie that's told to us. In war, we go out and kill one another. People who are more alike than not. Here we go.
masters of war there by the Berg folk. You're listening to Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida. We broadcast live here, and our work is also available uh, online in the uh, archives. Click on the archives and the name of the show you'd like to listen to, Labor and Love. And it's all right there. A couple of clicks away and you're listening to Mutiny Radio where what we publish and what we do is live. It's always live. It might be a lot of other things. And by live I mean it's happening. This is the B, and it's about time to sign off. Wanted to play a little bit of uh, Lenny Bruce, so let's do that. And then we'll jump over to the um, Internacional. Let's see here. Now to the headquarters of Religions Incorporated. And seated around the desk on Madison Avenue sit the religious leaders of our country. Oral Roberts, Oral Jaggers, Billy Graham, Adamanzi Yogananda, Herb Jeffries, Danny Thomas, Rabbi Wise, Eddie Cantor, Pat Boone, Jane Russell, Joy Bryant, and the other people who feel insecure in the industry. The Dodge Plymouth dealers have just had their annual raffles, and they've just given away a 1958 Catholic church. As we listen closely, we hear H.A. Allen addressing the tight little group on Madison Avenue, with O.L. Jaggers to his right and Hillsborough to his left. Well, gentlemen, I see a lot of boys here that I haven't seen in many years. That told Rabbi Wise this afternoon, that's Rabbi who would have thought back in 31, we were hustling watches in. <laughs> who would have thought that in 31 this scam would have snowballed like it has? <laughs> Look, gentlemen, there it is, there's the graph, there's the business report, and I guess that tells the story. For the first time in 12 years, Catholicism is up 15 parts. <laughs> Judaism is up 9. The big P, the Pentecostal, is starting to move. We got a lot of wonderful plans, but naturally, gentlemen, doing great does not mean slipping into a state of lethargy, gentlemen, no, we had a tie in the seal that wasn't a deal, as you know. Now, suppose there's a problem, there's sort of a moot point. I don't expect any of you boys to get out there on the pulpit and... Well, that's about all we've, we've got there for Lenny Bruce. We can maybe play the rest of that one next time, his idea of organized religion, religion organized to make money, definitely resonates. This is The Bee, and the show is Labor and Love. On Labor and Love, we tell you how it is. If one person worked for a dollar they didn't get, that means someone else got a dollar they didn't work for. That's how capitalism works. 
if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. This is the B signing off to all my friends and family out there. Hope to see you soon. Um, goodbye and good work. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know?